Nobody went to school for sales. Each of us has our own journey, a journey that ultimately reveals the two opposing forces, the art versus science, the relationships versus the metrics, selling versus sales. What side are you on? This is the Love Selling Hate Sales Podcast. Welcome to the Love Selling Hate Sales Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jen Spencer, who is the Vice President of Sales and Marketing with Smartbug Media. Jen, thank you for joining the show. Oh, glad to be here. So I always am interested in people that lead sales and marketing. That's super, you know, not the most common thing in the world these days. How do you feel yeah. about that? Does one get a favorite? Are you, do you play favorites? Do you have a favorite child? Oh my goodness. No, I definitely see them the same. I see them as one revenue team. Uh, um, but, but, um, but I, but it, but there is always like one part that takes my attention, you know, like that where I need to focus my energy more okay. often, uh, than not, which tends to be sales. I'm not going to lie. And why is that? Um, um, you know, I, well, I think it's because with marketing, you spend a lot of time in planning preparation. We do, um, we have quarterly sprints where we're planning out these quarterly themes that align back to our annual goals that we set as a company. Okay. And then the team itself is in the weeds doing kind of their daily standups and executing okay. on content. And I might like hop in here and there you know, to, to provide a little bit of guidance or especially if there's some kind of new product or service launch. But for the most part, it's like my input is required at the high level, like strategic level. And then I kind of just get out of the way, but with sales, you know, it's just, it's, it's ever kind of evolving, changing, wanting to like have your ear to the market, you know, and then I translate that back to, to marketing, but it just, my sales team just needs my time more than my marketing yeah. team does. We're so needy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's good. You know, it's so funny. It reminds me of, I, you know, I started my career as a high school English and theater arts teacher Okay. and, uh, and, 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 and coaching sales reps and working directly like with like individual contributors. It's, it's a lot like teaching. Yeah. Like, it's like, I can have kind of, here's my lesson plans. Like, here's my ultimate goals. Like, this is what you're going to achieve. But then it's like, it's getting, it's the times when you'd walk down the aisle of the classroom and then you kind of like squat down and you're kind of <laughs> leaning over that student's desk and you're looking at their work and you're figuring out, okay, how did you get from point A to point B? And then you're making right. course corrections. Doesn't sound that much different, you know? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Well, and you know, coaching such a huge part of sales. And I think that sales leadership is one of those paths that you know, there, nobody went to school for sales, but even less people went to school for sales leadership. So right, right. it's coaching is one of those things that's so needed across the profession and there's really nowhere to go. So what did you do to figure out the best way to coach your team? Is it trial and error? Is it a mentor? What are those things that, that helped you? Yeah, no, I know. I mean, and, and to be clear, I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm successful in my role because I sell marketing services, right? right. So it's like, it's very meta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, I get it. So, so it's, it's, I don't think I would be as successful if I sold, result something else. I don't think I'd be, I don't think it would be as easy to say, yeah, I'm going to own sales and marketing all like in one fell soup. I think it, it right. works for me 
for, you know, and I did it at Allbound also, but that was also out of necessity being an early stage startup and just kind of like wearing a lot of hats. And same as when I worked at nonprofit, right? You just kind of do what you got to do. Um, but, um, but now I forgot your question that you asked Oh, no, me. it's okay. Well, you know, you touched on something really important, though. You know, you talked about it. you're selling marketing services, and that's a good fit for you, right? And right. I do, I've explored this concept with a lot of other guests, and it's almost the idea of product market fit for sellers. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the yeah. same as you. Like, I sell marketing services, and I'm good at right. it because I know marketing, I think. Yeah, could I be good yeah. at selling software or something? Maybe I don't, I don't really know, but I do think there's an element of as a seller, if you're starting your career out, figuring out where you fit, cause it may have a big determinant right. of how successful you are. Oh, totally. I mean, I think back to when I ran marketing at, um, a, a small time and attendance software company, NetTime mm-hmm. Solutions in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, and and right, like right before we got acquired by Paychex and mm-hmm. right before that, there was one moment I was sitting with our, our head of sales and we were kind of looking out on the sales floor um, and that we were looking over at client logos and stuff. And I said, I turned to him and I was like, Reed, you know what? Have you noticed that all of our salespeople they all sell to people like themselves hmm. and, and like the personalities, right? Like right. we had lots of different kinds of personalities and he's like, Oh my gosh, you're right. Cause we like thinking about like our customers and everything. Right. And like, it's like, like attracts like, right. um, and so I do think it makes a difference if it's like you have instant street cred, if right you are talking to someone and you know, you've lived their life. Like you've Mm -hmm. lived the job that they're in and you get it. How much more effective are you going to be as a, um, as a consultant in the sales Mm -hmm. process? Totally. And then someone like you're, it's, you have that, you have that edge, which I think I I find to be extremely valuable. Totally agree. I mean, a case in point is I have a hard time selling to engineers. I have my whole career because I'm Mm. way too conceptual and they're way too process oriented. Right. And we have a hard time finding that balance of where we fit within each other. So, you know, an engineering led sale might be really difficult for me versus, you know, where I can speak in in concepts a little bit more. So I totally get that. you could do it. Right. But you're just adapting, right. You're just kind right. of like adapting your behaviors, which then become, it becomes more exhausting. So it just feels easier. It feels more effortless. Um, when you're just more comfortable with the yeah. people, the product, the service, like everything. Yeah, totally. Well, something that I know just about everybody's going through right now, if not in December and January, February is sales kickoffs and sales kickoffs in a remote world is probably quite a bit different. I mean, I've seen everything from Adobe, you know, renting out huge stadiums in Las Vegas sales kickoffs in the past. And, you know, how are they doing things like that? Have you uh, had your own sales kickoff recently? We just did. We just okay. did this week, um, which is which is awesome. It's actually the first time we've ever done a sales, an official sales kickoff at SmartBug, because time ever. we've grown. We've just grown a lot. So, like thinking back when I joined the company in the fall of 2017, I was like the sole sales and marketing person. Okay. And now I've got a team of 10 people and wow. growing. Tremendous. So it's just kind of you know we're sort of growing like that rapidly, and yeah. finally are in our place where we're like, okay, like we have a, I have a bunch of people I have to educate and get on board. And so 
Um, luckily, uh, our my dr- amazing director of marketing, Hannah Shane, she has like a framework that she was using for doing our quarterly sprint plans for marketing, oh, all cool. virtual. And so I just looked at that and I was like, well, that seemed to work really well. Let me translate this over to, you know, this SKO. And, and probably the most challenging thing is honestly that my team is geographically dispersed. So our company okay. is and has always been 100% remote. So I've got people in like every US-based time zone. So when you're thinking about scheduling the day and food breaks and oh, yeah. like time, it's it just adds a little bit more, more complexity. Um, so we, you know, create like these little pocket agendas. So right. there's one for Pacific time, mountain time, central time, Eastern time. So everyone like knows what's going on and trying to align different sessions of when it would be, when it would be okay for someone just to like step out for a few minutes or grab some food or, you know, eat while they're, right. while they're on the session. Um, but, um, but I think I was most proud of the Spotify playlist that I made. <laughs> I was okay. so excited to like make a playlist and then had music pumping when everyone joined the Zoom meeting. Awesome. And then during transition times playing it, I was like playing DJ. I probably spent like way too much time <laughs> on playlist. Yeah, but you injected but, some energy, like right? Souvenir. Yeah. You know, it's just trying to like, how do you do something that just gets people out of their space? Like I had, you know, tell everybody, close your email, close your Zoom chat, close up Slack, like pretend you are not at work, pretend you are somewhere else, whatever it is can wait. Um, And so it's, it's harder to do when you're not all in a room together for sure. Yeah. And we do need a lot more of that in general. I think something that our company did over the holidays was we set up a lot of little like holiday zoom chats, just, you know, grab a drink or we'd built gingerbread houses, you know, a lot of different things just to spice up the work interactions a little bit. Cause you know, you can't have the mulling around in the kitchen and just talking about what's going on right now, you know, in, in this environment. So I think it was good for morale and those types of things. So from a fully virtual environment, how does that impact your hiring? You know, hiring for marketing and sales talent are both at a premium right now. I mean, both are in high demand. Good talent is always needed. How does that impact hiring for you? So it's, it's, it's kind of cool because we've always been able to attract the best talent for the role, regardless of really where they live. Sure. And right now, um, pretty much all of, almost all of our employees are US-based. We have two Canadians. And okay. then I've got one person on my my marketing team who is actually in El, in El Salvador. Very so, cool. and we're starting that, that's kind of, we're dipping our toe in the water of how do we start to like grow even more? Like how do we become more of a global virtual, you know, organization? Um, and there's, you know, or companies like, uh, like Envision app that just inspire us um, that because of, you know, their, their remote model. And we look to them as being the leaders in that kind of an innovative work environment, that mm-hmm. space. But there are a couple of things that I do or that I've done and continue to do that work really well. So for all of our roles, especially sales, um, before they even talk to like a sc- talk to an HR screening, you no know, go through mm-hmm. a screener. Uh, there is a there is a, a video component, so mm-hmm. they have instructions. Um, we you know we are 
Vidyard users and partners. And right. so we say, okay, there's instructions about downloading the Chrome extension for Vidyard's free tool. Right. And then there's a couple of questions and they have to keep it to three minutes. And so it's all a test, right? It's all like, are you capable of yeah. finding a Chrome extension on the internet and, like, <laughs> and following be surprised, yeah. <laughs> right? Oh yeah, I'm not at all. You know, and downloading that. And then do they do, I look at, do they do things like, you know, it always shows up with like Vidyard recording. Do they take mm -hmm. the time to edit that? from Vidyard okay. recording to something something else. Um, what does it look like in the background? I once got a, a video from somebody, this guy, and he was like in a suit and tie and like everything. And there was just a gigantic, it was a closet open with just like junk, oh, just like filling man. out of the closet. That's like, rough. Come on, like you are gonna be selling in this environment. This All is right. what you're going to do. You are not going to be going into an office. You're not getting on planes. You're, mm -hmm. you're doing this through these Zoom screens. So how you present yourself and how you're able to capture attention, get your personality across, be succinct, all of those things are so important. And, and so it's, it's, that's probably like the biggest thing that, that we do that I had never done before when I was hiring people to work in an office. Because right. it, it, it's replacing that feeling of like when somebody you have someone come into an office you can you can see like how they treat the receptionist mm -hmm. you know how they treat a parking attendant right. like what what they do with their body language that you lack when you're doing some of this virtual stuff um so the video i think it it, it helps for sure but it yeah. is also a slower process it's a longer process because it does mean the person has to be more autonomous, which salespeople tend to be, to be honest. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, and, 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 and because of that, almost everyone who works here is somebody who probably could own their own business. Like if they wanted to, like they're yeah. capable of doing that kind of thing like, of handling things on their own. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the, the skill sets that I think salespeople need is that just general business acumen. So if that's something mm -hmm. that goes with your ability to be autonomous, I think it's super important. One of the things that I got thinking about as you were talking is, well, you have, you're working in a fully remote environment already and you're used to that. So when the pandemic hit and everyone went remote, you were already at an advantage. Yeah. Yep. Yes, we definitely were. Um, and, and what was most helpful, I think, was that we can lean on our own experiences mm -hmm. to help others. So our, some of our clients that were really struggling, we, we could hop on the phone, our, our CEO would hop on a call with, with the, the CEO of one of our clients to say, okay, this is how we get around this obstacle, or right. this is how I, we handle this or that, you know? Very cool. So just having been there and, you know, we spoke on some panels, just, just things, anyway, we can, we can sort of help and provide extra guidance and support. Um, that that was that was definitely useful and yeah from a competitive perspective if while others are maybe scrambling to figure out you know how to function we we have processes upon i know lead up you guys are extremely process oriented <laughs> i i know i mean we we also have processes upon processes upon processes right. everything is so well documented great i mean that I, when I came, I mean, I was not really part of that. I walked into that. I'm like, Oh, look at all this is Amazing. here, you know, yeah. but, but you have to have it. And there's in far too many organizations, you could probably look around the room and go, if like one of these key people didn't show up tomorrow, like we'd be screwed right. because of 
the institutional knowledge, like what they have that's not documented anywhere. And when you are forced into a remote environment, you have to, you have, you have to, to document it all. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. And it's funny because you mentioned our organization, you know, we've always, we have a remote workforce as well, but we do have a centralized office, mm-hmm. but the sales team is relatively small, but we've always done somewhat of a hybrid inside sales where you're taking zoom calls mm-hmm. like this and, and doing a lot of selling that way, but we hop on a plane every now and then and, and do yeah. deals as well. And so the transition was not difficult for us. It was just, all right, well, we're not hopping on a plane. We're just going to do Zoom calls. And I was interviewing a a VP of sales from Palo Alto Networks. And she said, it's crazy. Like the field enterprise team is dying. And Mm -hmm. her inside team that she managed was having to teach them how to like manage their day. Because literally field enterprise seller's job is, okay, I build my agenda around, I have a flight to Iowa on Tuesday and a flight to Chicago on Thursday. So I'm planning those three, four meetings, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And like, that's my week. Now, what do you do? Yeah. It's crazy. I I was blown away. I I didn't even think about it because, you know, I have kind of a hybrid enterprise in the field, but, but on the phone as well. So Mm -hmm. I just picked one over the other, but yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, So I was thinking about, you know, you you mentioned Smartbug Media's inbound sales marketing agency, right? Is that what you, how you would describe it? So from intelligent inbound, intelligent inbound. I like that. (laughs) There we go. So from the standpoint of drinking your own champagne, so to speak, does your sales team deal primarily with inbound or how is, does that work? How are you structured? Yes. They're very spoiled. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, uh, actually, so, so it's an interesting kind of growth point for us as an organization, but, but, but as of uh, right this moment, um, there, the team is a hundred percent fed on hand raising inbound, like consultation requests. Okay. So someone who like has a need, wants to talk to us, um, being, we are, uh, have worked hard at, to get to this point to be fortunate enough to be HubSpot's highest rated partner in their mm-hmm. ecosystem. So when people go to that marketplace and they they see, you know, we have 150 more five star reviews than the next even highest right. um, agency there. It's like we get, yeah, we that people come right to us. Like I, I'm using HubSpot. I need help. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, and so that's really how the team's been fed. But as we look to grow in our own, with our own growth goals, and we're focusing on, on specific verticals, we are adopting more of an account-based selling model. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, was a big part of our sales kickoff that we did this week. Um, and, and that Hannah, our director of marketing was instrumental in, in helping also put together and really outlining like, here's like the marketing you know, air cover, like Mm -hmm. here, here's like, here's your list of, you know, we're going to keep you keep like these list of target accounts going as individual reps, you're responsible for knowing like, what's your top 10 Mm -hmm. of these seven reps. We're going to have the smart bug 70. And like, these are the accounts we're focused on. You're the plays. And now each rep has kind of their homework that they're doing. And, and that's, like some of my reps, their heads are spinning a little bit because sure. they've literally just been used to, yes, a consultative sales process, sure. but, but the opportunity is literally like, boom, right. Served up on a silver platter in their inbox. Right. So part of that, and, and I know I'm speaking from experience here, so I, I'm sure you, you understand where I'm coming from having that gold platinum, whatever status with your software partner, right. Has it generates a certain amount of activity, which is great, but mm-hmm. 
I'm sure as your business grows and expands, just doing services for that platform is somewhat limiting, right? And yeah. you almost have to battle a perception, right? So the platform does X, Y, and Z, but you're saying to feed the platform, you need yes. buyer personas or blah, 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 blah. They're like, well, no, you don't do that. Well, yeah, I do. How do you deal and, and train your marketing team and your sales team yeah. on how to battle those inherent perceptions? So I should clarify, it's not fair to say that we just get all these leads over from HubSpot. Um, that, that's not that's not the case we get. It's about 50-50, like coming sure. over a referral from our tech partners um, mm-hmm. and other partners we work with. And then the other 50% is through organic inbound marketing efforts, again, mm-hmm. drinking our own champagne. Yeah. So we have those personas built out. We have those micro personas that are created for specific verticals. Mm-hmm. Um, we're developing content campaigns. We work on those themes because you can't do everything like all at once and there's only so many hours in the day Um, and then building and launching. And so we tend to attract people who are looking for those sort of marketing best practices and Mm. innovations and playing around with our tools. And then we start nurturing them and, uh, and, and then they, they want to work with us. And, And often it's, not even maybe in their existing organization they're in, there's not an opportunity, but then they, they shift gears. They move to another organization where there right. is, isn't as strong of a team or there's a lack of skill set, or there's just a need for extra bandwidth as far as like actual execution. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we look at those, the platforms that we support as being their, their platforms, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're really great tools, but they don't do anything for you if you don't have strategy yeah. to fuel them and then the content to fuel them. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's the, that's the secret. That's really what, what we do and, and how we, and how we help. Um, and people, because we attract all of our prospects through this inbound methodology, we're attracting people who are like-minded. We're not in a position really ever where we're having to justify, validate, teach somebody why inbound is effective or wow, like how a hybrid inbound and account-based model is effective. Mm -hmm. They already know that's why they're talking to us. Um, so it's, it's occasionally it comes up. There's always some CEO who thinks if I just spend more money on pay-per-click, right. then everything's going to be fine. And we can like map it out and go, well, it's going to plateau at some point, For you sure. know, cause there's only so many people searching these keywords or there's only, yeah. you know, but, but, uh, but yeah, they tend to see like, this is what we do. And so then they go, all right, you obviously, you obviously trust your business model, you trust your business with this sort of methodology. Right. You've had this success. And that's our goal. It's one of my expectations that this, our CEO gave me when I came on board is I want our own sales and marketing to be a case study for right. the world. Right. It's great for your team because it's easy to speak to. Right. And it's real. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's one of those things. For yeah. Sure. I bring up, bring up stuff in our own business all the time. I mean, it's, it's certainly... Mm-hmm. Cause it's very tangible for you, you know, especially if you're wanting to show something and you can easily just pull up your own environment and it's like, yeah, you can do X, Y, and Z. It's very powerful. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so it's interesting as you talked about the shift to a hybrid inbound with an account-based model, I've seen a lot of companies over the last, you know, 12 months during this whole COVID thing, go back to a lot of marketing fundamentals and it is mm-hmm. really trying to help uh, define the ideal customer profiles, do some, some better segmentation and audience profiling. And a lot of that is in connection with sales. How do we support the sales team more impactfully? So you mentioned 
like-minded people, right? You, you're you're, mm-hmm. you're trying to attract like-minded people. So when you pick those smart bugs 70, talk a little bit about what that process looked like. Cause I think a lot of people are interested in how do you go about something as simple yeah. seemingly as account selection? Oh, account selection, right? Um, mm-hmm. Well, one of the things we did was we had already made decisions, investments in focusing on some specific verticals, okay. manufacturing, financial services, senior care, healthcare, SaaS, nice. you know, education, right? We have those. Um, and so I already had, we already had this, this, this cache of content okay. and persona development that we had done. Um, and then when, when really COVID hit and we started to, to see, I like, feel the impact, we immediately looked at those verticals and said, okay, what are the, what, which verticals are like not as affected mm-hmm. or like basically try to bucket everything into one of three who's right. thriving, right? Yeah. Cause there are people who are thriving, who's Absolutely. adapting, and who is really struggling, you know, Flailing, trying to yeah. survive. Mm-hmm. And, and luckily, our, we didn't focus a lot of energy on the part of the, the market that was struggling to survive. We were more right. in the adapting and then somewhat on the thriving side. Yeah. So that was kind of like the, that, that's kind of big umbrella, right? Yeah. Of where we big seg- focus. Big segments, yep. Right. And then, um, and then each rep tends to like develop these superpowers as they just get round robin different types of, of, of contacts. I, you know, some, once somebody like wins, they win a deal with a, a credit union and then, okay, great. Like that's fresh in your mind. Here's look, we got another credit union deal. Pass right. that over to you. All of a sudden you got this rep that becomes the credit union person. Right, like, and yeah. that's just, so we like leaned into that and, and then, and then gave people, gave the individual reps, those, those verticals from there, we're looking at things that make up our ICP. So mm-hmm. companies that are between 5 million and 250 million in revenue mm-hmm. that are using like very specific types of marketing and sales technology that we support, yep. um, that are spending a certain amount of money on marketing right now. Uh, and then that have certain job titles or job duties. And then we have sort of the exclusions. So building that the kind of initial like main list, we kind of start mm-hmm. there. And then as far as let's say a rep, we give you here's 50 or here's a hundred accounts or here's 250 accounts. And everyone's a little different depending on the right. vertical. You got to pick your 10 and you're always going to have 10. Mm-hmm. Um, it, then that became more of a, an account sort of planning exercise that was more solitary with that rep and then working collaboratively with me. So where do they, where do they have relationships? You know, where does their, where do they have network that t- that touches where we have great case studies from other clients. And so that piece is much more labor intensive and that's kind of the stage where it, we're in right now. Um, but you can only, as far as I'm concerned, you can only have your, like te- the technology, like, and, and the tools that we use, pu- like spit out a list that's is good enough. It Agreed. takes a human being, right. To go in and say, all right, like based off of everything that I know and who I am and who I like to sell to and who I have a great track record with this, here are the top 10 I want to start to focus on. And then just, you know, keep, keep adding to it as you cycle those accounts in and out. Yeah. That's a great point. I mean, even internally, we hired a data scientist a couple of years ago and he does amazing work, right. And spits Mm -hmm. out some awesome stuff, but it's really nothing without the human overlay. Like you've got to put some human logic to it. And typically that logic is, so what, 
Yeah. Like you gave me all this yeah. stuff. So what? And yeah. someone's got to make that connection. That so what connection. And you can't do that with just a, a data analysis on its own. Yep. Nope. I know. I know. So, I mean, otherwise you're doing just kind of like a one to many, mm -hmm. um, you can run some, you, I mean, honestly, you could, you could run a really light, a, we call it like ABM light. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, or lazy ABM kind of one to many sort of like, like ad based campaign. Sure. For sure. You know, you can do that, but I think that's also going to be more effective when you can also have live in-person events and yeah. you can use those as anchors. But when you can't do that and everything has to be a bit more one-to-one, -one, right? Um, yeah, you need that, that human part too. Yeah. It's that much more important. Well, yeah. And you mentioned putting together some plays with and for the reps. How did mm -hmm. that process play out? And, you know, that's a new motion for them, right? So talk, talk to me a little bit about what a play, yeah. what was the anatomy of a play at Smartbug Media? Oh my goodness. Um, so it's, you know, I firmly believe you have to, that, that inbound, inbound content, inbound type of content and the inbound methodology only helps accelerate an account-based selling, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a team. So part of it's leveraging, like leveraging our, that, that own, that content and segmentation inside our marketing automation platform mm -hmm. and predictive lead scoring to, and, and using dynamic content. So dynamic CTAs, smart content. Mm -hmm. So because of the software that we use, we're able to display the right message to the right person at the right stage of the buyer journey. Sure. As long as that's all, that's all like in the CRM, right? The data has to be there. You have to have the data um, points. Yeah. It has to be there. So, um, so honestly, because of our rapid growth, some of our data is, was not, is not, is not now in the place it really needs to be. So one of our, our themes for the entire year, and it doesn't just fit into one of our quarters is on becoming a well-oiled machine. Mm -hmm. And, and, and we, we have these visions of like what kind of like larger plays we want to run, but we're not going to be able to do it until the data is there. It's yeah. clean. We, we have those points that we can pull on. And so for us right now, Q1 is about like laying that sort of foundation. Um, but what we're doing right now, also from like that, those marketing plays, th that piece, it's the content, it's having those personas, it's doing some air coverage from mm -hmm. that kind of light account based, like advertising, um, that, that sort of piece. Uh, but then it's also right now, my sales team, they are digging into their micro personas mm -hmm. and then they are coming up with what type of approach or what type of interaction is going to make the most sense given here's this library of content I already have. Here's what this, the marketing team has told me they're planning on working on. And here's this persona, because if I've got someone in, let's say finance, mm -hmm. it's not going to make sense to have a play right. that's largely like one-to-one -one personalized video based because their email system is going to block it. <laughs> like it's not even going to get through to them. Right. Yeah. Uh, and actually shoot, like some kind of a direct mail play might work better, even yeah. in remote environment. Yeah. Than, you get their home address. Yeah. You know, I mean, so, so that's what they're doing right now. They're in the process of dissecting those, those different personas and figuring out what's going to work. So something that's going to work for a SaaS persona, is not going to be the same as, um, as, as a credit union or a bank by any, by any, any means. So I'm yeah. looking forward actually next week and my, all my one-on-ones with them of reviewing all of their, their account plans. But, um, it's, 
you know, it's like, it's, it's where we're, we're put, we're, what is the flying the ship where we're building it as we're flying yep. it. We're definitely in that sort of mode. Yeah, no, I totally get it. And it's, it's interesting too, even while you were saying that the idea of coming up with certain sales offers, right. That are going to resonate mm-hmm. with the right persona. Like what do they care about? What would be a hook that would be yeah. enough to get them on the phone and take a call with you or somebody to, to pique their interest is, is always a super interesting thing that I think, um, in the services business is drastically different than the software business, right? Something yeah. that you, you and me deal with that our partners in the software companies don't because their hook is always a demo. They just assume everybody wants to see their Everyone product, demo. Yep. right? Yep. And we, we don't yep. have the demo, so to speak. No, no, we don't. Although when I get, I do get asked like, well, I'm looking for a demo and I'm thinking, I, I think you're in the wrong place. I think you got confused about what we, what we, what we do, but it is, but it's, you know, to your point, like, with one kind of persona, we might say we might run them through like an like a SEMrush analysis mm-hmm. and look at their top competitors and then show them like present back to them. Well, here's what your competitors are doing. And here's what their organic growth has looked like. And the reason for this is they made investments here, here, and here. Yeah. And that could be really valuable. Um yeah, sharing a different kind of persona. Yeah. Yeah. Someone else, they might be really pissed that we, like <laughs> went that direction. You know, we just kind of like dug in. Um, so, so it's but but that but but leading with data and a solution, and I think that's that's really like that's what's common across everything that we do. It's helpful first, right? Yeah. It's it's a and and I think that's why I love what I do is because that's just who I am as a as a human. If I mm-hmm. know that there is a better way to make coffee, to drive a car, to write a blog, whatever it is, I want to tell the world about this better way. You know, I want them to be aware so they don't keep doing this other thing that I was doing that wasn't as effective. So, so that's just who I am as a person. And like you translate that into marketing and sales and that's how we operate. It's, it's giving first, it's making deposits first and then withdrawals after. Totally. And it's super interesting to say that because (laughs) yeah, because I think we all have this perception that executives, you know, they just want to know the brass tacks. What are the outcomes? What am I going to get? Right. And you, you know, in the services business, you hear that a lot. Well, what am I going to get? Um, mm-hmm. But yes. marketers and even up to marketing leadership in, in even big companies, they kind of want to know how the cookies are made. Yes. Like yes. at a fairly granular level, like, yeah. What are the ingredients? How did you put the ingredients together? You know, and being able to help them understand, even in something maybe as simple as a checklist or whatever, these are the ingredients mm-hmm. and this is how, and this is what they look like when they get mixed together is a super powerful yeah. output. It's, a, it's almost a services demo, so to speak. Oh, definitely. I mean, I don't know if you experience this, but but we have a lot of, we have a lot of um, prospects that come to us and, and a lot, like most of our clients, I would say, at least half, if not more of our clients had worked with a, another, a similar agency before, oh, yeah. like someone that on the surface mm-hmm. looked exactly like us. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and what we hear time and time again is they didn't deliver. They didn't do what they said they were going to do. They yep. sold me on this vision. They said they, they sold me on the outcome. 
Mm-hmm. but it didn't work. And I think that is why we're hearing more of, okay, show me exactly how you're going to do this because mm-hmm. I don't believe you because I just had this thing happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I get it. I mean, I, I, I've had people that have gone through this two, three, four times. And I look at them and say, shoot, if I were you, I don't know if I'd be talking to me either. Like I, I understand. I know. I know. So and I, I get yeah. it too. And I think that even has some deeper rooted, issues going back into it, you know, the, the marketing automation platforms to a certain extent got Mm -hmm. a blank check for a number of years because people were just, I have to get on the bandwagon. I'm behind. And, you know, they're throwing some big ROI models out there, but none of that stuff ever comes to fruition, right? It's all selling the dream and all of that stuff with whether it's HubSpot or Marketo or whatever is possible. Yeah. But to your point, if it's not, strategy led, if it's not fueled by content, if it's, there's not a process that you can apply to it, then it's all meaningless. So I think a lot of that, like deep seated, we got burned by marketing automation. And then there was a company that helped us implement it that didn't get us there. And, and then you and me get them on the phone, like, Oh, this smells like something that we've done before. How are you different? And you have to fight that battle a little bit. Yeah. 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 The first, the struggle is real. (laughs) (laughs) We're, we're so mistreated. <laughs> what it's, it's, do you uh, want? I was just going to say, what, what do you, what else do you want to tell the audience about SmartBug? Oh my gosh. Well, we're hiring like crazy. So okay. if you're looking for a role, no, really, I mean, we really, we definitely, we definitely are. Um, but, um, but, and, and the other, the other thing that we're, uh, we're, we deep rooted in inbound marketing for sure. Um, but getting more and website design and development, but getting more into like integrations, the integration mm-hmm. space and trying to solve problems for our customers. And one of our amazing um, uh, team members was just promoted to a senior director of revenue operations, Drew Very Cohen, cool. um, really, really excited for, you know, for him. And we're just seeing that more and more and more. And there's nothing that you do from a marketing perspective or a sales perspective that doesn't touch operations, that doesn't touch revenue, that doesn't touch finance, legal, and all these pieces. And so that's something that we're very much focused on right now. And um, I'm I'm interested in hearing like what challenges people are having and what problems they want, you know, help solve, helping, you know, help solved. And, um, and, and I, I, I'm kind of a, I love tech, but I also, I have a love hate relationship with it because I think people lean on technology like way, way, way too much. I was actually taught, I'm a, um, I'm one of the founding coaches at SDR nation, which is a community for sales development reps, Mm -hmm. um, or people in kind of a sales development type of a role. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to one of our, our, our members this morning about some sequences he was trying to create and, 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 and being relevant and trying to scale. And I was like, Whoa, whoa okay. Take <laughs> it out of the, the scaling platform first. Right. Let's test this message right, exactly. on 20 people, like mm-hmm. manually test it, you know? And he's like, wait, what? And it was like, so shocking. So I, I, I'm all about like, let's figure out like the strategy and let's work through, um, let's work through kind of that messaging first before we start just like launching something with, with technology. And so people who are thinking about making that big investment in technology, it's like, if you're, if you're not certain that you have the processes and the systems, it's like, let's talk about 
what you're, what pain you're experiencing right now and what problem you're looking to solve. And let's figure out if you actually need all that tech or not. Um, so that's, that's a, a big sort of passion point, especially for, for me at this stage of, of, of our growth right now as an organization. I get it. You're speaking my language for sure. Yeah. So I know you said it before, but the ideal fit customer is for you. <laughs> Yes. Um, typically B2B um, organizations, sometimes B2C, but uh, $5 million to $250 million in revenue Look, using marketing automation um, okay. as, a, as a tool and wanting to, wanting to grow revenue. Our ideal customer, they came to us and said, man, you know, marketing drove 10% of pipeline last year and it needs to grow 30% next year. And I'm not sure how to make that happen. That's the problem that we help solve. All right. If that looks and sounds like you, you can find Jen at? At smartbagmedia.com or hit me up on LinkedIn. I am very active there. Just when you connect with me, let me know you heard me on this podcast. So I have Ooh, context and I can that? thank Josh for the introduction. Well, that would be awesome. I hope someone calls you. That would be amazing. <laughs> it, yeah, I, I, I bet I bet it will. All right. I bet it will. Well, thank you for joining the show, Jen. I really appreciate your time. Oh, my pleasure. Have a great day.